Blog Talk Radio. Slow down, touch your life. Don't you know there's friends to be found? Lift your eyes and see the world. Lift your eyes. Welcome. Sunbury Press Book Show on the BookSpeak Network. I'm your host, Lawrence Knorr, the founder and CEO of Sunbury Press. Sunbury Press publishes print, audio, and electronic books under 12 different imprints in a variety of categories sold worldwide, wherever books are sold. This episode is about author Mildred Schindler Jansen's new book, Surviving Hitler, Evading Stalin, One Woman's Remarkable Escape from Nazi Germany. The peaceful farm life of a teenage girl in Germany is abruptly upended when World War II comes knocking at the door. One month before her 16th birthday, Mildred Schindler and her family are captured by Russian soldiers. Having already survived life in Hitler's Nazi Germany, they now face the terror of a new enemy, Stalin's Red Army. Driven from their home, Mildred and her family become refugees, along with a sad, slow-moving caravan of other families who have suffered the same fate. Cleverly disguised by her mother, Mildred avoids being taken to a work camp until one morning when authorities arrive unexpectedly. Her father has already been taken by Russian soldiers, and now she is taken from her mother and brother. Mildred recounts in meticulous detail her treacherous journey and the roller coaster of raw emotions she experiences, fear, regret, loneliness, humility, perseverance, and defiance. Mildred's odyssey of making her way home and finding her family in a war-torn countryside takes many riveting twists and turns. The discovery of a secret hidden document offers hope for a brighter future. From harrowing to heartwarming, this memoir provides a unique perspective of a genteel girl's road to resilience and her fortitude against all odds to forge a life filled with love and laughter. Surviving Hitler evading Stalin is a remarkable testimony to the strength of the unconquerable human spirit and an endearing account of faithfulness and faithless under, amid faithless circumstances. We have with us today Mildred's daughter, Susan Nickerson, and co-author Sherry Green. Welcome to you both. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. It's a longer intro than I normally read, and I, I got right to the end. <laughs> And I stumbled. Oh, well. So uh, what a book and, and what a person this Mildred must be. I wish I have, had met her in person. I have yet to do that, and hopefully we'll do so at some point. But uh, maybe you could tell us uh, one at a time how, how you both became involved in this project. Well, this is Susan, her daughter, and I'll go ahead and start. Um, obviously, I've grown up with my mom's story of her past in Germany and uh, heard her speak many times, give presentations to high school classes and civic groups and, you know, a, a lot of, of different opportunities. She's been interviewed a number of times for uh, newspaper and, and um, magazine articles. So, you know, I've, I've grown up with this story and Oh, about three years ago, she decided, you know, she'd never written any of this down. She just always talked off the top of her head. She decided she wanted to write her story down. And the reason for that is because um, she 
wanted her children and grandchildren to have the exact account of what happened because she's the last person left in her family to tell the story. And so she started writing it down, and I I typed up what she wrote down um, for her 90th birthday. And after – and made copies for the family members, and after we did that, we got to talking about, you know, making it into a book. And one of our relatives had met Sherry and really highly recommended that we contact her about her interest in writing the memoir and – I'll pass it over to Sherry, and you can tell about how we we became um, involved in this project together. In June 2010, I was teaching at an area high school as a history teacher, and I also had returned to graduate school after my own children were in college, but had graduated in May of 2010, and my sweet mother had taken me on a trip to Europe. It was a Trafalgar tour trip, The Sound of Music, and we went to southern Germany and Austria. But on that trip was Jean Binky, who is Mildred's cousin. And Jean and I um, developed a very fast friendship and enjoyed the time together with my mother and also Jean's friends. But we've kept in touch all these years since. And in um, January of 2019, I actually called Jean because I was working on a magazine article I was going to write about the woman that had been our tour guide on that trip and was trying to verify some details. And in the midst of that conversation, I do remember Jean telling me, she said, I have a cousin who has an amazing World War II survival um, story took down some notes. I think I even wrote down Mildred's address that Jean gave me, but really never thought more about it. And then unbeknownst to me, in May of that year, Jean gave my name to Karen, Susan's sister. And then in August of 2019, Susan reached out to me by text, and we started um, talking and writing back and forth and emailing. And on October 4th, actually, of 2019, Susan and I met in Macomb, Mississippi. Um, she was near here, and so we met and signed a contract, and the next weekend I flew to Kansas to meet Mildred and spend time and then came home to work on this amazing story. And refresh my memory, how did how did Sunbury Press find out about the book and about what time, what time frame was that? We... Um, Sort of the the way that we put the contract together to produce this book, and I had never, I've been writing for about 35 years, and I've written, I've published an inspirational novel and a collection of devotions, but I had never written a memoir before, Um, and so we kind of broke down the process into three parts. The first would be the research of the story and that entailed that trip. Then I came home and wrote a book proposal that was due to Susan by December 15th of 2019 and that included writing a written preface, chapter one and chapter six. And chapter six is the part of the story where the Russian soldiers invade the family farm. And in fact, that anniversary is this coming Monday, February the 1st. That'll be 76 years to the day. And then, um, On January the 6th, after my family left, we have two grown children and their families, and they all left from the Christmas visit, and I sat down in earnest to write the the back of the book. Susan, I believe, um, I finished the manuscript on March 11th, 
which was Mildred's 91st birthday, and Susan submitted the proposal, um, Lawrence, to Sunbury on April the 2nd. You wrote back to her on April the 12th, 10 days later, saying you'd like to see it. Um, five days later, on a Friday, on the 17th, um, Susan sent the manuscript to you, and the next night, uh, April the 18th, she had a contract in her inbox, and then the next Thursday, April the 23rd, Mildred signed the contract, and we were off and running, and again, we are so very grateful for your support and just your interest in bringing this story to the wider world. Well, I just have to say, you do realize we get almost 2,000 proposals a year. We publish 100 books. That means 1,900 authors are rejected every year. And the typical time frame from receiving a proposal to getting even an answer is three to six months. So your proposal, when I saw it, and I'm the one who received it, I moved very quickly on it because I recognized right away what a special story it was, is, and uh, I'm glad we acted on it quickly. You know, the the anniversary is the 75th anniversary, of course, was important. Lots of focus on World War II. So, yes. Uh, yeah. So, S- Susan, was this put in through Submittable or was this a direct email or a, a letter? I don't recall. We sent it um, directly to Sunbury uh, based on the instructions that were on your website about how to submit um, a proposal and we followed, you know, all of the directions about the different, you know, the marketing plan and, and all of the different parts and pieces that, um, permissions for the pictures and documents and so forth. So right. we, we had a lot of content there and, uh, submitted it that way. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to dwell too long on the process, but just to say that it, it went remarkably fast and I'm curious and, I I worry sometimes that we might leave really good stories out by not reacting quick enough. So I'm glad we uh, were able to work with you and got you on board. So, um, but let's talk about Mildred a bit. Uh, You know, she's over 90 years old now. She has a probably a tremendous perspective on life and history since uh, the events she experienced. And I know that uh, we've published a number of books about World War II memoirs. And some are about the Jewish experience, the Holocaust, escaping the Holocaust, living through the Holocaust. Uh, We've had another book about uh, a woman from East Germany who was imprisoned as well, uh, Helga Rist, who happened to be my German teacher. Uh, So it, it reminded me that was my first exposure from Helga that it wasn't just about uh, the Nazis and and their horrible goals and what what they were doing with the Jewish population. But it was also when the Red Army came through and the retribution they were seeking after the invasion of Russia. And so maybe you could talk a little bit about how Mildred got caught up in this, maybe the hows and whys of it. Well, I'll start out and then Sherry, you can follow up. Um, You know, mom had a peaceful life as a as a young girl growing up on a farm and uh one day you know the door uh the war just erupted at her door and um they were driven out and 
you know, we're refugees, as you as you explained in the introduction, and um, there were many harrowing experiences that she went through. But you know, there there were also a string of miracles that happened that that we believe um, were God's God's providence, God's hand in her life. Um, her mother. Uh, fondly called Mutti, um, which is the German word for mother. Uh, she was a very prayerful woman, and she prayed for the family all the time. And, you know, they were separated uh, in the war, and then they miraculously found each other again. Uh, the The birth certificate survived um, miraculously. Uh, there was food buried to sustain them, and they came back to the farm once more. Um, and then... They were driven out again and and went to uh, live with a family member in Berlin. And, you know, eventually they were able to all come to the United States. But kindness of strangers along the way um, on her journey uh, is just, you know, it's remarkable that, that she survived with no physical harm. And, you know, I'm sure actually to this day she still has emotional <laughs> Um, flashbacks, you know, and, and nightmares, especially as we ret- as she retold the story for the book. But, uh, you know, she she appreciates being an American. Uh, she was born here uh, to German parents, and she went back over there. So she was she was an American, and she had to come back by herself. But you know, God God was there the whole time, um, and it was just really miracle after miracle that that saved her and her story is unique because she was just a a teenage girl at age 15 um, that all of these atrocities were happening to her and of course her family as well so you know she's she's been able to continue to be joyful and thankful over bitterness and anger that she could have. She's remained positive, And I think that's God's gift of joy and peace to her. So Sherry, what, what did I miss? Thank you pretty well summed it up for me as a writer, but also as a former history teacher, this was just such a wonderful opportunity to be a part of, um, those years when I was in graduate school, again, I was also teaching on the high school level, and I had actually written two um, elective courses for high school juniors and seniors. One was on terrorism, and then one was called the Medicine of War, where we studied the nine wars America's been a part of and sort of what were the medical advancements that came out of those. But in in getting speakers for that um, medical-related class, a dear friend of mine's father was a D-Day survivor and came to speak to my students. And so that was really my first time to interview a living World War II survivor. Um, And yet your mother's story was so very different, but also the, the wealth of information that she still has, the documentation, the original photographs. That was quite amazing to be able to to sort of touch the face of history, as it were. Um, I think your mother's story is unique for a, a lot of reasons. One, it is a Gentile account. A lot of um, female-voiced memoirs out of this period are from the Jewish perspective, which rightly they should be. That was so horrific. But um, there were just also a lot of other innocents that were so affected, um, not only by 
the Wehrmacht, by the Nazi army, but also by the Russians and the Polish, you know, armies. Again, I've never experienced war, but, but it it is horrible. And this, to me, is an account of all that um, calamity that might strike a family in the midst of that. Now, I didn't realize that Mildred was, you said she was born in the United States and then went back to Germany. Yes. That, that was a part of the story for somehow, some <laughs> some reason I forgot. Maybe explain <laughs> that a little bit to the audience. Well, her father had come over um, to to seek a, a better life in the United States and connected with some farm families um, in central Kansas. And he sent for my grandmother a few years later when he had established himself as a you know, as a a member of the community and the church there, the Lutheran church there. And um, just, you know, as a, as a great farm worker and, and farm hand. And they were married um, when he picked my grandmother up at uh, right off of Ellis Island there in New York city and came back to Kansas and had my mother. And then they got word that uh, his, uh, mother in Germany had passed away and his father wanted him to come back and run the farm. And that, that was a really hard decision because they knew that things were more primitive over there than they were in the United States, even as primitive as they were here with thrashing machines and so forth. They didn't have any of that equipment over there in Germany. Everything pretty much was done by hand and, you know, horses behind a plow and that kind of thing. But anyway, so, um, so they returned to Germany when my mom was six years or six months old, but they kept her birth certificate through all all of what they went through. That document was preserved, and that was another one of God's miracles. But you know that was was found after they were driven out and were able to return to their home. So that's a little bit of the backstory about how how she was a an American citizen and and uh, was able to come back over before the rest of her family was. Yeah, and then making the decision to go back at a time when Hitler was coming into power in the midst of the Great Depression, um, probably a very tough decision to go back, but family first, right? So True. I, uh, one of the things Mom emphasizes in the book was that that she and her brother Horst were taught that respect of their parents and elders was very important. And so, you know, that, that was just an example of their respect for their parents uh, going back and taking over the farm. Yeah. This this story reminds me uh, of the, I guess there are about three waves of German immigration into uh, North America and my ancestors are from the first wave in colonial times. Almost all my ancestors that are German speaking came over, uh, you know, in the 1700s to 1750s. And then you have the um, early 1800s migration and then the World War II. So uh, very interesting to have a, a migration or an immigrant story from, from this era as well. So, um, I, I have to get to uh, the point of, you know, it as we are experiencing the 75th, 76th anniversary of some of these events, 
Uh, and as someone who studies history myself, I'm always amazed with how history seems to repeat. And uh, sometimes we don't always learn the lessons of history. Uh, does Does Mildred have any sense of that in today's world? She actually she actually does, and that was one of the reasons. Uh, besides, you know, leaving the details for her family, she wanted to make sure that history did not repeat itself, and so. You know, she wanted to tell her story so that she, so that other people would understand that socialism and communism is, you know, not a great thing. And uh, her story is based on personal experiences of how Hitler treated the German people and how the the Jewish families and friends that they had were, you know, obviously uh, treated horribly and and uh, killed many of them. But this this is a message from her that I'd like to read. This is out of the um, taken from the book. My message is this: Don't take freedom we have for granted. Don't let communism creep in. Having no control over what happens to your loved ones, to your property, to your very life is what's at stake. I know this because I lived it. I believe many Americans don't know how good we have it in this great country. There is a lack of understanding of how people across the globe lived in captivity and restraint. Keep a watchful eye on any political powers that profess a better way. Our country's freedom was bought with and continues to be maintained by the brave service and sacrifice of American lives. We must never forget the deception that stripped German citizens of the very freedom they desired. Yeah, I have to say it it's amazing how it sometimes takes people who are first or second generation immigrants to remind us of that. Um, you know, I'm a I don't know how many generations, 11 or 12 since my great 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 grandfather fought in the American Revolution as a private. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's so long ago. And, yeah, I have a certificate that says I'm descended from him, and I have a sense of patriotism, certainly. But uh, your mother lived through these, you know, these horrible events personally and then experienced living on both sides of the ocean under two completely different uh, governments and structures. So. I think she can certainly speak for it better than anybody. Uh, Sherry, I had a, a question for you about, uh, you know, what you're working on now after this project. <laughs> well, really um, trying to, I think, help spread the good word of this um, of this book. Both Susan and I have um, written a social media plan. And um, that's been fun to work on with her. She comes from a journalism and public relations background, as I do. I actually worked in marketing and corporate communications 15 years before I was a teacher. But that's been fun. But just trying to share with people um, practical aspects of this book, not just to go out and, and buy the book, but, but how might this book um, you know, impact our daily lives. I do write for two magazines here in the state of Mississippi, but I've stepped away from those responsibilities in this year just to be able to have more time to devote to my own family, but also to be able to, to share this story um, with, with Mildred. I've got a blog post through my website that I'll put up weekly, and so 
producing those. I've never really done that before. And so, but it's, it's been fun because it's been a time of reflection. Um, the process for writing this book was so intense. Um, one, because of Mildred's age, and also, two, because we were so desperately trying to get a proposal out to a publisher to possibly have the book published within that 75th anniversary year, last year of 2020, which you so graciously did. But um, we just kept marching on, and you know, I have just lots and lots of information kind of to go back and sift through. But that's been fun through these blog posts to kind of reflect on what meeting Mildred and what writing her story has taught me about life. Yeah, thinking about how this book came out, you know, during 2020, which uh, some have referred to as uh, Anno Horribilis or the terrible year, the <laughs> wicked year. It's just yeah. been, I mean, so why, why does Mildred's book have to come out during such a year? <laughs> but, you know, I, I think that because it, it has such a great message and it reminds us about the important things. Uh, my, my question though is uh, I know we've put this out during troubling times. And one of the things you try to do when you release a book is to try to have some events where you can have some people meet in person, have some books signed, you know, have someone speak, you know, maybe have some energy around uh, Mildred and the, the events that happened and what, what's been written here by you all. Um, has there been anything like that during COVID and are there any plans for in the next year or so as hopefully things clear up? Well, it's interesting that you should, yeah, I'll start. It's interesting that you should ask that. We, we did our first Facebook live event with Lemuria books in Jackson, Mississippi um, on Tuesday of this week. And my mother was very uncomfortable with that because, you know, she would rather be speaking in person, but of course it's not safe to do that. And I guess as the, as the vaccines uh, are more widespread, we might be planning some book signings and some other kinds of events around the book uh, this spring when it's safe for her and safe for, you know, a, a lot of the people who would be interested um, to attend. We have, in place of book signings, offered people uh, a book plate that was signed by her that they can, we can either send it or they can pick it up, you know, but that's not the same as, you know, being able to sign the book and put the person's name in it and, you know, a little, a little message to them personally uh, about the friendship or, or what have you. And so anyway, that, that's, uh, we've been stymied a little bit in that department, but we've been trying to do other things um, like post a message on Facebook every week, the book's Facebook page, you know, about what's going on and we're trying to keep in touch with people. And it, it is an encouraging book and uh, we want to share it, but we have to be careful about how we do that in this pandemic. So Sherry, you want to add anything to that? Well, just as you said, we're trying to share the good word. Um, learning to navigate social media has been like climbing Mount Everest in my gym shorts every day <laughs> because I will remember life, you know, before before computers. 
And so that has been a real challenge. But I will say that, Mildred, many times when I'm trying to learn a new skill or learn a new type of media, like a podcast, for instance, I think, you know, Mildred learned all those things and did all those when on all those journeys by herself, I can do this. Um, but certainly, um, you know, podcast interviews, um, I think the blogs also just, um, I've, for instance, had uh, 400 mailer postcards. I'm just using good old fashioned marketing, um, but I've mailed to 400 people that I know in my part of the world and that has borne a lot of fruit. And so we're trying to mix some of the old tried and true measures with some of the new, but we do have great hope that sometime within this new year, we will be able to reach out with people in person. Well, that's great. That, that's awesome. You know, we have blown through our time. We are literally out of time. I just want to close by thanking you both for the opportunity to have you on today and also to do this book. Um, I want to say that I have a brother in Mississippi, and I hope to uh, when I get down that way, I'll I'll look you up, Sherry. That'd be wonderful. <laughs> and Susan, I, I like I said, we took my daughter out to Can- out to uh, Pueblo, Colorado, went through Kansas. So next time we do that, I'll I'll be in touch. I would love to meet Mildred in person at some point. Anyway, that would be great. We would love that. We do have to go. Thank you for being on today. This has been the Sunbury Press Book Show on the BookSpeak Network. Be sure to check out our books at www.sunburypress.com or search for our titles on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and other booksellers worldwide. If you enjoyed this podcast, there are hundreds more available on the BookSpeak Network. You can find our channel on blogtalkradio.com. (laughs) 